It's the ABC's High School Teachers Really Need to Know, Season 3, Episode Number 16, Preach Less and Partner More Often. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe, or buy the books on Amazon.com. This is going to sound really random, and I know I've spent the last few weeks talking about the weather, but in my neck of the woods, the heat is finally broken. The high today is somewhere in the lower 70s, and the low tonight is supposed to be in the 40s, and that's really exciting. And I say that to say this, if you hear dogs barking or kids screaming or somebody riding a bicycle, that's because I am recording with my window open, and I'm happy to be doing it. Speaking of weather and talking about the weather, it kind of kind of reminds me how awful I am at small talk. I really am terrible at it, and it's kind of held me back in certain ways. Well, I don't know held me back, but it's certainly been something I've had to deal with because I am so terrible at it. If you know me personally, then you know I'm very much introverted. I am not a very extroverted person. I can turn it on so I can work and do all the things we have to do, uh, but it is something I've had to deal with on the edge education side and talking with parents and colleagues and even students when they come up and try to make conversation. It's been something that I've certainly had to uh, fake it till I make it sometimes and and, and, and kind of push through it. And, and also, it, it certainly is an obstacle that I have to overcome in my business dealings and just all the normal dealings in life. So yeah, and, and I think it's a great segue into this week's episode where I'm actually talking about uh, talking and we're talking about preaching less in the classroom and partnering more with our students. Uh, we've all been in conversations with people that sort of dominate the conversation. We've all been kids before and had our parents sort of give us a good talking to or been around adults or other teachers, I'm sure, that uh, have kind of given us a talking to. And you just really want to be careful rambling and rambling and rambling uh, when when you're in the classroom and going on and on and on and getting so preachy. Because one, your kids are like us, right? They're, they're going to tune you out. They're going to tune you out if you over-talk them, uh, especially if you're not talking about things that they're naturally gravitating to or interested in. They're especially going to, you know, tune you out eventually, if 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 not pretty quickly, uh, especially in today's world where we know what's happened with attention spans and continues to happen. Uh, and then number two, uh, not to mention, speaking of those parents, you ever catch yourself and you're, you're preaching and preaching and preaching and you're like, man, I sound like... Parents, I sound like the kind of adults that I really never wanted to be, the kind that just sit there and lecture kids all day long and every day. And look, I'm all about coaching. And, and when I say coaching, I'm talking about, you know, the, giving a good coach speech and firing up the crowd and, and, and motivating them and calling them to action. I think all that's important, but I think you have to moderate it. Now, I'll be honest with you again. I think that's something that, uh, and I know I've mentioned it before, but it's really tough about sort of this medium in the podcast because it's hard for me to partner with you because uh, from the standpoint of the conversation itself, because again, uh, you know, obviously you're not able to interact with me while I'm recording, but it is something that uh, is, is, is very challenging 
because I don't want to come across as really preachy. I'm trying to spill and share and network with as much advice and, and, and thoughts as I possibly can. And of course, you've got your ways that you share with me through the emails and the conversation. That way, many of you in, in, in professional practice that I am fortunate enough to get to interact with and meet. So there are those ways, but it is kind of tough because I can't stand being really preachy, and I know it sometimes comes across this way because you're not able to partner with me directly in the conversation, but it is so important to do so in the nuts and bolts of actually operating effectively in the classroom. It has to be done. You have to partner more with your students. Uh, you, you, you know, the days of you know, you standing up there and, and just rambling on, uh, that, that just can't continue for, for a litany of reasons. One, yeah, kids have changed from the standpoint of attention spans and all those kinds of things. And so, yeah, but two, um, you know, kids just need more than that, right? Because we're challenging them with an ever-changing world that's got, you know, endless applications with technology and, you know, it's just a different time. And also how kids perceive teachers and interact with teachers, uh, it's sort of changed. And so getting up there and preaching uh, can can sort of, I don't know, it can lose your kids, it, it really can. And I know, when, and I use the word preach on purpose because it's not just talking, it's it's talking passionately. You know, if you're teaching English or history or, or science, hopefully you're passionate about those things. Or if you're trying to connect a concept to the real world, even if you're passionate, there's a limit to how much that's going to connect with your kids. And we all know and been around folks who are passionate about things that you're not necessarily passionate about. Not because you don't necessarily find them interesting. Maybe you just don't have the same passion. And so you've got to understand that partnerships are a better solution to getting kids where they need to go and where they you know, ultimately are going to learn the most. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes those impassioned coach preach speeches and, 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 and involvement, that, that can really uh, add to the classroom. But again, small doses, limited doses. So when you talk about a partnership, when I talk about partnering more often, what am I kind of talking about then? What does that look like in a classroom? And of course, no two classrooms are identical to each other, but I think it is worth noting that there are some things that we kind of just in our in, in, in the backs of our minds, need to kind of be aware of, and, and I'm going to share some strategies for you to think about. Feel free to email and add to, and think of think of ways to make them in your own classroom apply, and then think of some other ones that maybe you can use and and sort of illustrate to your kids that this is a partnership, right? Because it is. And, and so I want to just cover some things that, you know, I, I don't think any of it's brain surgery or rocket science. I do think, however, being intentional about some of these things will help you sort of transform your classroom and transform your relationship with your kids and how you deliver lessons and facilitate lessons, because that's really what you want. You want facilitation over sort of quote unquote delivery, right? And so one of the things that I have always sort of lived by is what I call the 80-20 rule. And that means that in, in, in the lessons that I'm facilitating, I always, always, always understand that it has to be 80% the kids at the bare minimum. 
you know, think about that. And if you want to break that into time, so break that into, you know, sort of a 50 minute period, right? Okay. So break it into a 50 minute period and, and, and think about what 20% of that time, you know, is you're talking a few minutes, right? So if I'm going to deliver, you know, some kind of content guidance, instructions, whatever that may be, or facilitate some part of the learning goal, it really needs to be way more them than me. And and so you, you think of any number you want or any words you want to use to sort of lay that out and and and, and go with it. And of course, when you, when you talk like this, everybody thinks that you're talking about flipping the classroom and all that and all the things that uh, you know you hear in not only education fad and, and not that those things don't work and that's not important. I just mean sometimes people dismiss it as oh the kids are in charge. That's not necessarily what I'm talking about though. It it, it may apply. I just mean that. Kids have to be at the center of the learning 80% at a bare minimum. And when I am giving instructions or I am sort of facilitating the process, uh, I'm making sure that I'm talking to them. I try to do as much guidance and, and quote unquote teaching, meaning the active side of teaching, meaning me being very active. Uh, I am active through actions and through my words while they're doing things. And I think that's my general approach in, in that I, I want to help them as they are working through the process. I don't want to just sort of be the bookends, meaning I'm giving instructions or I'm, I'm, I'm giving content and laying out you know certain key skills, knowledge, whatever. I'm guiding the concept, concepts and then sort of letting them interact and do their own thing and then at the end coming on the backside and 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 sort of assessing them. I think that sort of bookend strategy over and over again is honestly ineffective. I think uh, more consistently you're going to get better results if you are constantly a partner with them through that process. And what that means is that as they are actually engaged in the lessons, you are partnering with them literally, meaning as they're doing work, you're giving them feedback. You may even be assessing them as they're, you know, in the process. For example, um, you know, if they're writing a paper, you know, why not write you know, look at, write with them some or give them feedback a little bit into the writing, not make them go home and write on an entire rough draft and, and then bring it back three days later and then give them feedback on it. Why not do, I mean, that's, that's a great strategy in many cases. Uh, and, and I'm not an English teacher by any means, but I am a, you know, a science teacher that requires a lot of writing, right? So in lab reports and those kinds of things. But what I'm saying is you stay active, you give them feedback before an assignment is due and, and, and you can write some wrongs and help them think through their mistakes and learn from the mistakes as opposed to going down the wrong road for longer. That drives me insane. If I can correct that, in a more proactive way and in the process one, they don't go down that road and get all frustrated when they have to come back to the beginning of the road if they, you know, if it's further away, right? But two, um, they get the benefit of knowing that, again, I'm their partner there to help them succeed. They get to taste that success. And, and three, they remember more actively what they did wrong. And that applies to any kind of assessment. So whether I'm talking about you know, lab reports, for example, I'm going to give them feedback. 
I'm going to interact with them. That technology makes that really easy, by the way. Do that on Google Docs or something where you can give feedback in time for them to be able to make changes and 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 you're going to succeed and also it goes with reading i think it's so valuable for teachers to read with kids regardless of age you know what does this paragraph mean what does this mean to you what does this say about this concept what what is the author trying to convey i think reading and helping kids sort of get in that mode is really really important again i'm emphasizing partnerships uh, you know, one of the things that I, I talk a lot about, and I know you guys are all like, here he goes again, but I talk about not being the judge, jury, and executioner. And so many times, teachers set themselves up for that. They they begin, they begin a lesson by bookending. You know, they introduce, give it to the kids, if they even give it to the kids. And then at the end, they come back and assess them, and then it's judge, jury, executioner. You got this wrong, this wrong, this wrong, this wrong, grade, bam. And there you go. One, that does very little from the standpoint of building a partnership, which is what you need if you believe that relationships and ultimately a partnership in the learning process generates better outcomes, you don't get much out of a relationship like that. And then number two, um, why would why would you not want to give you know feedback on a more often, more regular basis? That's really important. And why does that assessment and that feedback have to be in such a threatening way? Meaning you know, for you to give a test back and all of a sudden this is how you did and there's very little uh, formative assessment in the middle and very little feedback and interaction with you along the way, um, that's a very stressful thing on kids. Um, and I don't mean just from their sort of mental or mindset. I, I mean just in general in the process, it's hard to learn that way. Uh, I think you have to do better than that. That's why, again, formative and summative assessment you know, has to happen. They have to go hand in hand with each other. And I, I think that assessment has to be less dramatic. Doesn't mean we don't have big tests that, you know, put a lot on the line or big projects that put a lot on the line and, and, and really push them because they're going to face that in the real world. But just like any assessment strategy, I think it has to be managed with, um, you know, other assessments and, 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 and great relationships. And two, um, that shouldn't be like sort of the emphasis of what your whole uh, learning process is is aiming for. It should be the whole student, you know, in all of the learning process each and every day uh, should be important in your learning process, not just the assessment. And they have to know you're invested. Again, it's that partnership. It's so important. Uh, some other strategies that I think are really, really important. You know, you talk about being a partner, not only in assessment, but literally I was talking about labs. Why not go over there and, and, and pour things with them or uh, lay out things and go through instructions with them, not as in an explaining way, but in a conversationalist sort of way. And that's not just in science. We talked about reading and writing, you know, to write a story, write an essay with them, read with them. Do those things so they know it's okay for you to talk to me as the teacher and be open and be vulnerable and make those mistakes. You know, when you're writing with them, you can get so much insight. When you read with them, you can get so much insight. Perform a lab with them, you know, shoot basketballs with them, whatever we're talking about in any discipline. We've got to be able to partner with them. It can't just be judge, jury, and executioner. 
Now, I mentioned small talk on the front end of the episode and how terrible I am. This is one thing that I really made sure I, I you know, intentional about make its weakness. So making sure that I do it well, I, I do want to, um, get involved and, and, and chat with them ongoing as they're working. I don't just cut them loose, you know, sort of in the bookends and say the middle part, the meat of the learning is up to you. I'm going to small talk and relax them and, again, build that relationship with them and, and, and sort of decrease that distance, that ravine between me and them. The more of that you do, the better partnerships become and the more effective those partnerships come at leveraging better outcomes. It's it's just a reality, right? And that's just human nature. I don't think that that's some, you know, again, rocket science sort of thing. I just think it's those things we have to be intentional about. I think one-on-ones, which I'm always a pro- proponent of, and that means, you know, again, in a non-threatening way where they don't think they're in trouble, like, hey, come over here, you know, in, in front of the whole class. I don't necessarily think that's always a, the best approach. I think grabbing them in between classes or in the hallway or just kind of whispering to them, you know, in, 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 as they're working in a group, like, Hey, whispering to the group going, Hey, y'all are, y'all are killing this. Um, y'all are doing a great job. And then again, like I said, one-on-ones telling students, giving them feedback, um, the good, the bad, the ugly, right? And just kind of laying it out and say, hey, let me help you get there. Let me let me see what you're thinking. What, what's going through your mind? Are we doing okay? Is everything good? Uh, and, and, and then are you getting this material? Is it making sense? How can I help you? And I think those kinds of one-on-ones are just just awesome for generating, again, those outcomes. And I know I've said that a lot too, but it's true. And 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 so... It, it goes back to that relational piece that, um, you know, we have to have. And so what you do is sort of move away from, I'm just going to preach for 50 minutes, 50 minutes, 50 minutes, or an hour and 15, whatever schedule you're on, and, 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 and kind of move away from that and move towards, I'm going to partner with you in learning. I'm going to balance time better. Where it's, you know, I'm going to manage how much of the class time I take and, 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 and yield it back to the learner to explore, make mistakes. And then for the relationship building, that's what the time in class should absolutely be about. And the good news, just as an aside, is if you do a better job of that, you take less time um you know, outside of the classroom that they need to do all of these things. And of course, I'm talking about written homework and large amounts and all that kind of stuff. You know, you, you kind of get a glimpse into what they're strong at and, and, and what they, you know, could use your help on and those kinds of things. You just, you just use the time with them so much more in a valuable way. And, and that's sort of the message. Um, and just one other thing to really kind of think about, because I honestly could go on and on in, in how to build a really good partnership with your with your kids. Um, and, and of course, you guys probably have could add to this list, and I want you to add to that list in your own unique classroom setting, environment, whatever you want to say. Because again, it, it is unique. It is individualized to you uh, and, and your specific discipline and, and, and what your kids are like from year to year and period to period and day to day, right? But one thing I wanted to add is, again, focus on what I've told you before, and that's 
being very intentional about saying good boys, good, 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 that a boys, don't say good boys, but good data boys and, and emailing good jobs and, and, uh, you know, all those kinds of things. Be really intentional. I've, I've challenged you before to go back and check your emails and see how many of them are quote unquote good emails versus quote unquote bad emails. You should be way, way, way higher on the good emails. I mean, it should be 90%. You know that again, pull that number you know out of out of the clouds, but it needs to be significantly more good good job emails than bad job emails. Again, it's a partnership. It's not that those bad job emails don't happen, or I'm concerned about this emails to students and to parents. But there should be more good jobs, and and I'm talking about two students themselves. All right, and 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 as well as parents. I mean, parents love to see that stuff too. So, so please, meaning, copy them on those kinds of emails so they see those things and and know that you're 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 proud of those kids and what they're accomplishing. So, again, if 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 you've kind of gotten lost in my rambling, and I hope that you haven't, it comes down to this. Uh, it, it really does, uh, and and I've kind of sum, summed it all up a few minutes ago, and and through my comments, but. Basically, it's more them and less you, but not from the standpoint of they're, you know, doing all the, you know, the learning themselves without you involved. Of course, you've got to be there to facilitate the process. It just means strike a balance, strike a balance and partner with them in the learning. Learn with them. It's okay to be with them in the process. And what does that look like? Well, again, that 80-20, you know, 80% at a bare minimum should be them, but you should be walking with them in that process, you know, pouring things with them, interpreting writing and reading and moving group to group or individual to individual, smiling and involved. Don't be judge, jury, and executioner in your assessments. You know, give them regular assessments ongoing, give them feedback ongoing and coach them through. Make sure you small talk and decrease that discipline, that discipline, um, well, that'll be a side note, but decrease that uh, distance, um, which should decrease the discipline problems um, and, 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 and one-on-one with them and, and do all of those things and tell them they did a good job when they did a good job and, and when they need some help, be there for them. That's a partnership and partnerships, I can assure you, will go way, way further uh, than any other uh, strategy that you use. In a, in a classroom and probably in life. It, you can't just preach all day and expect them to listen all day and then to perform. They got to believe you're there for them and they're with them. It goes a long way. Well, that is it for this week. I hope you uh, have a fantastic week ahead. And as always, I'm so thankful that you are here and listening. Please stay in touch with me and remember to like, comment, and subscribe or buy the books on Amazon.com. Until then, I'll see you down the road.